On today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, it is a Winans Wednesday edition of the show. We are going to chat about the latest developments from Panthers training camp. We are going to go more into why Spencer Knight got the contract that he did going back to last week's show. And now that we are in the month of October, we are now going to go over the Florida Panthers schedule for the month of October and what to expect all on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Wednesday, October 5th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listener today. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also subscribe to Lockdown Fantasy Hockey and Lockdown NHL. We'll be covering all the preseason activities around the National Hockey League. So guys, the Panthers were back at practice yesterday. Um, excuse, um, yesterday, excuse me, uh, uh, at the Panthers ice den and quite a few developments for the Panthers as they did not put a full roster of even players uh, on the ice due to, you know, players being a little banged up and, Paul Maurice spoke about how players at this point of the of training camp want to show how unselfish they can be by not taking a rest day. And Paul Maurice talking mostly about how um, the coaches have to protect the players mostly from themselves. So we have a few developments based on players who who are who did not practice yesterday. Uh, for the Florida Panthers. Those include Carver Hagee, Ryan Lomberg, Matthew Kachuk, Colin White, Patrick Hornquist, and Nick Cousins. So those are the following players who did not suit up for the Panthers uh, yesterday at practice. But let me bring in my guest here on the show. It's another Winans edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, Jacob Winans. Jacob, welcome back to the show on another Winans Wednesday. Thank you for having me. Uh, we're we're almost there, man. Just I think after this, we'll have one more show before regular season hockey. So we are we are right there. Mm-hmm. We we are getting towards the the starting point of of the season. Uh, it's so close to uh, gentlemen start your engines on this one because it's gonna be it's gonna be a nice uh, marathon for this team. But I. From last week all the way till now, we've had some two, two preseason games, some roster cuts for for the Panthers. Uh, a, a big um, chunk of them went to Charlotte. Now the roster is up to thirty. But I want to give you the floor for a little bit on your thoughts on the cuts and who are some surprises, and who are some players that you are looking at who are currently still with the team on who could possibly make an impact. Yeah, so uh, so far with the the cuts, uh, I wouldn't say there are really any surprises necessarily. A um, little bit, you know, just a, a, a tiny bit disappointed that Grigory Denisenko didn't make it farther. 
through this camp. I, I thought he was going to be uh, a finalist for one of those um, remaining forward spots. Um, another one that was a little bit disappointing to see was um, Anton Levchi. Uh, I thought he would. I thought he was going to be a contributor um, pretty much right away. But it, I wouldn't say there's any surprises necessarily. Um, I think we have a lot of quality options to call up from the AHL. Uh, should that be necessary? Um, there's been a couple of young guys who have really impressed uh, to this point uh, through through training camp, and and uh, the two that I'm thinking of the most are uh, Justin Thordip and Logan Hutsko. Um They've stuck around. And they've they've um, been a part of the the camp roster for longer than I expected. Uh, to see them outlast Grigory Denisenko was a little bit of a surprise, but um, not necessarily reason to sound any alarm bells or, or go. Uh, calling anybody a bust or anything like that. We're still way premature for that. Um, but I, I think the pressure is definitely on Denisenko to to produce and be a, a star at the AHL level this year, given that he's, uh, he, he's starting camp with Charlotte and not with the Florida Panthers. Funny enough, you mentioned Justin Sordiff because right before the, right before shooting this episode, I was rewatching some of the press, con- the press releases that the Panthers had uh, and Mark Stahl uh, spoke, Paul Maurice, and Justin Sordiff was one of the guys who spoke uh, from Panthers uh, training camp. And one of the reasons why he's actually still around with the team, uh, he actually got to clarify, is because he didn't, he wasn't participating in the early part due to injury. Spoke really, actually opened up a little bit about missing the World Juniors and because of the what happened at the tour, at the tail end of development camp and missing the the second part of world juniors of course the first one was uh uh postponed due to covid and uh just having a little bit of a setback for him himself and getting more of that camp uh feel so i i think that's mostly the reason why he's still staying around and he he even said it himself uh because he even said himself that oh i want to get a few games in before i go to charlotte that in his words so i'm thinking if I'm a player and I'm still in camp, I'm thinking, oh, I want to show that I could still make the team. But he's already saying himself, I want to get a few skates in before I go to Charlotte. Basically, pretty much saying that there's probably been already conversation between Paul Maurice and Justin sort of saying, hey, let's get let's get your legs warm a little bit before you get sent down and still have a little bit of that team camaraderie because only two preseason games left for the for the Panthers. Home game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, which the Florida Panthers will be holding. Uh, all, all their 50-50 raffle will be going to the um, to anyone impacted by Hurricane Ian, and especially in the southwest uh, part of Florida. So the 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 player the the main players aren't aren't really going to to be playing. I mean, Matt, Ryan Lombard, Matthew Kachuk, and Nick Cousins specifically were were talked about how those guys are going to likely be held out of the last two preseason games. So this is a little bit of an opportunity to still get time on the NHL ice as Justin sort of has not had that much time here um, so far. Yeah, definitely. Um, He's a guy who's, he's been impressive really in every facet of his game since uh, all the way back since the uh, prospect camp. Uh, He's, he's just been really good, really solid, um, uh, really mature for his age, for, for the fact that he's a rookie, hasn't played pro hockey yet. I think the future is bright for him, and I think they're they're doing the right the right approach uh, as far as his development is concerned, letting him stick around in the pro camp, uh, pick up those pro tendencies before sending him down to Charlotte. Um, 
and and like you said the this game against tampa it would be smart to hold out some guys from that one we we know how those games can get uh preseason or not you and i were both in attendance last year and it, the game here in orlando and that one got completely Ugly. out of hand really quick uh we ended up losing olachari for most of the season as a, a byproduct of that game it was uh, it was a nasty game so we we know how those games can get it doesn't matter uh whether it's regular season playoffs or preseason those two teams hate each other uh, so it's good to, to hold out some guys, maybe protect some guys from themselves uh, when when that game uh, comes around. Now, it gives a lot of players a, a really solid opportunity to make an impact. Uh, Sordis is definitely a guy who can open some eyes, whether he's uh, expecting to go to Charlotte or not. Uh, the guy I really, I'm really looking forward to seeing because it seems like he's right on the verge of breaking through uh, to the, the full-time NHL roster. He's got a real chance now, Alexi Heponiemi. Uh, he's had a really good camp. Uh, coaching staff obviously likes him, and he's he, he's stuck around. And um, Eric Stahl is another one I want to watch in that game because it, it seems increasingly likely that he he may be turning his PTO into a a, a, con- a full season contract, which is um, that's that's a really that's really good to have a, a veteran around, and uh, he's impressed this preseason as well. So. Um, with that said, yeah, there's a lot of line combinations we can see, a lot of guys who have uh, improved their games. Um, the defense is still uh, shuffling. We've got battles between guys like uh, Carlson, Kierstead, and uh, a lot of these guys trying to carve out their role. So it's, it's going to be exciting to see uh, a lot of these young players, what they, can, what they can put together in these last two games and make an impact. Yeah, and this is a time around camp where we're starting to see the players on their PTOs uh, starting to get released from them uh the kings released nate thompson from his uh P- pto and as well as the canucks uh releasing uh danny de kaiser from his pto as well so as camp goes on we're starting to see kind of the writings on the wall and i spoke about this yesterday about how mark's um not mark stall eric stall uh being uh on the team affects different parts of the lineup of shifting people to the wing and and making kind of like a chain reaction of of different roster moves necessary for this team who's the one that misses out that's a that's a that's something that we're gonna need um have to find out possibly i mean as far as like salary wise they're just they're just around the 85 point 85.5 range so those there's still needs to be a little bit of finagling of the of the cap of course, with Duke's uh, IR space going to be coming coming off, and and of course for you mentioned Hepaniemi, uh, he actually got sat down with David's work, who had an article uh, posted uh, today uh, on local10.com about Alexi Hepaniemi and this opportunity. He's been like up and down with the organization, so this seems like his chance. We we were talking about Denisenko and Hepaniemi this summer. Now that Denisenko is officially sent down. It leaves a, a few a few players left, but Justin Sordiff even said that he was being sent down. Uh, Logan Hutsko, he he's he's all, he hasn't been in the system as long uh, for 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 the Panthers. Uh, so it, it kind of seems that Alexi Hepaniemi seems to be that guy. Of course, we've we spoke about he plays hard despite being under an undersized hockey player, but still still. Is it plays above his size, so that's really what I appreciate when watching someone like Alexi Hepaniemi. 
Yeah, he's he's electric with the puck, and I think the the big thing with uh with his transition, hopefully to the full time roster now, is is uh he he's just gonna have to uh, get more comfortable with the puck on his stick. He he needs to play with a little more confidence. Um, I I think he just needs to trust his game a little bit. But we, I mean, if we look at his development curve, this is a guy who absolutely dominated junior hockey in Canada. Uh, he went to went over to Finland in one of the top leagues in the world over in the Finnish Liga put up nearly a point per game and then put up a point per game in the playoffs in his time there as well. Um, before coming over to North America, it was a slow, it was a slow start for him here just because the size, his size, he's so undersized and uh, you're playing on a smaller ice here, but uh, the guy has, has some crazy, crazy skill. And you, you couple that with his effort. Like you said, he plays hard despite being undersized. He's a guy I think who has a real, real chance to make the roster. I think this might be his opportunity and, you know, given, given the, the opening that could be there in the top six, uh, at the very least, the top nine uh, with Duclair out uh, long-term, Heponiemi could legitimately find himself skating with some really skilled players like Lundell or like Sam Bennett or like Alexander Barkov. He could find himself on one of those, one of those lines. And uh, you can't really ask for a better introduction to the NHL as a rookie. Uh, it's your first time full-time in the league, and you get to play with one of those three skilled centers. I think it's a great opportunity for him if he's able to 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 grab onto it and not let it go. Uh, it's these last two games are huge for him, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely will be a confidence builder being pair um plagued uh with some of the top guys uh on the lineup definitely help, would help him. But we're going to we're going to transition over to segment number 2 where we're going to talk more about why Spencer Knight got the deal that he did at 4.5 million AAV. But first, we're going to tell you all about Bet Online, and Bet Online is your number one source for all football betting this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, and podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information, with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day on this Winans Wednesday edition of the show. Jacob Winans is back for another Winans Wednesday edition, and Jacob, you know, we've had this conversation last week about Spencer Knight getting his extension. We, even at the time, 4.5, seeing that it was a little high based on the department as a whole, not Spencer Knight specifically. Mostly the, the cap hit was mostly concerning through this fan base was the department. Uh, it's funny because Jake Allen of the Montreal Canadiens, I believe he just got paid. So, and it's still... The, the Florida Panthers still have the most expensive uh, goalie department that, that will come next year. But now let's dig into the reasons why uh, Spencer Knight got the, the the deal that he got. So Elliot Freeman on 32 Thoughts, I believe it was a Friday or Saturday release of the show, that he spoke about how the Spencer Knight got the deal that he did because and these and this is there's no official confirmation and these are just theories around GMs speaking talking to each other about how a lot of pe- a lot of GMs thought that Jake Ottinger was going to get 
somewhere around the ballpark of five, five million AAV. So it seems as if when Bill Zito was going to the negotiating table with Spencer Knight, he's saying, we expect this guy to make this. So we're going to give you this. So that number seems to be at least no no official confirmation, 4.5. So what happens? Jake Ottinger gets paid. And you were and you were pro and looks like that Bill Zito kind of uh, tied his hands a little bit when when saying four four point five at least reportedly to Spencer Knight uh, when when talking about kind of a number to like reach for. So now, if Bill Zito was to go back on his word, how would that how would that go with like I think about how the how would that go with the relationship with Spencer Knight and his agent? So. I think that's the reason why 4.5 was settled uh, because Bill Zito kind of had his, uh, his hands tied there. I think so. I mean, honestly, um, the, the amount that, that we're talking about them going over uh, it's really, I won't call it insignificant because the Panthers are, are in a cap crunch. So it's every, every dollar against the cap is significant, but we're talking about like maybe maybe if Zito waits in these negotiations a little bit, maybe three point five, um, something in that area, maybe between three and four. Um, I, I don't think it, it makes that massive of a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but I but agree. in all honesty, I I'm I'm okay with with the slight overpay if it mm-hmm. if it works if it worked out in a situation where Zito is where Bill Zito is is saying like you know. This is what I offered you before, based on on the projections I had. I'm not going to go back on that. Uh, his his word is good, and and I, I think that goes a long way in, in building a relationship and having a long term uh, partnership in with with Spencer Knight as the goalie for the Panthers. I think um, you know now now it could be I, I don't want to say Spencer Knight owes him one, but it, it can be something that that is there on on the table when you come to future negotiations. Like Spencer Knight's going to remember, hey, you know. Uh, you, you stuck to your word the first time. I'm more willing to negotiate with you. That's the, we have to remember. Uh, sports are a business, and behind every business are our relationships. And and Spencer Knight and Bill Zito, I'm, I'm sure with these with this contract discussion, um, sounds like it, it went extremely well. Uh, not necessarily the most team friendly deal, but it's not a team killer. It's definitely player friendly. And um, I, I think. I think we're I think we're fine with it because at the end of the day, if Spencer Knight develops and and progresses at the pace that he is, uh, he ends up playing to his full potential. Four point five is going to look like a steal regardless. So. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 that's why I don't have an issue with with it neither, especially with 11, 11 million the Panthers will still have to to play with uh, next season when all that buyout money uh, comes out. And of course, during negotiations. This is the thing. During a negotiation, you can't put feelings into into this, whether whether you're a player or whether you're a GM, especially if you're on the GM side of things, because you got to think about the player is thinking about himself, which I don't blame the player for thinking you're trying to get some security. But the GM is thinking about everyone under under, you know, the cap. So it's like, how are we going to how are we going to do that? And we're seeing an example of that in Dallas right now with Jason Robertson and the owner came out talking about not wanting to play young players early. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but I'm thinking about, I'm thinking just about that situation in Dallas about not wanting to pay young players, but Dallas has a situation where they're playing, where they're paying two players in Jamie Ben 
and Tyrus Sagan, who's had injury issues th- um, uh, throughout the last few years. And it's like, but this Jason Robertson's a 40 goal scorer, and you're just the, that relationship uh, is, at least from an outside point of view, I, I'm, it, it's looking to like be more fractured as, as, as we get closer to camp. I'm, I'm not sure about the latest reports on that, but as far as from a Panthers perspective, I'm listen, the timing of this deal, we weren't expecting it right now around this time, but the fact that, but you said it best, the fact that they settled on that number, they did it now. And it was a number that was spoken about prior to Ottinger getting his, Looks like it was a smooth negotiation for the Panthers. Yeah. Uh, the one thing with Bill Zito that we've seen time and time again is wanting to get ahead of the curve, uh, wanting to get things done proactively. Um, he has a, he has a track record now in Florida of paying guys um, early and before the market can explode on you. Uh, he, he tries to get ahead of it. And with Spencer Knight's case, maybe he overpaid by trying to get ahead of it, but it's not that big of an overpay. And, and honestly, uh, it's a trend I want to see continue. I, I want our guys locked up uh, long-term as early as possible. You look at Barkov, got his contract before the season started. Um, no ugly negotiations there. You look at, at Verhage, who got paid, and everyone's saying, everyone's talking at, at that time of that contract is, uh, of, well, is he going to repeat his performance? Is he worth this money? Was it a one-year a one-year wonder type of thing and, and ends up dominating the playoffs? Imagine what his contract would have been had he gotten paid after that. So it's exactly. So it's, it's about, it's about get, being proactive and getting ahead of the curve when it comes to paying guys. And um, I, I would honestly, with Bill Zito at the helm, I, I have no problem with him uh, jumping the gun a little bit salary wise, even if it does cost a few extra dollars here and there. Uh, Cause for the most part, it gets us good value contracts. Um, you know, if you want to think of it in these terms, uh, the money that he, that he overpaid Spencer Knight, definitely isn't doesn't add up to the amount of money he would have had to pay Carter for Hagee had he not prioritized mm. that early. So it, it's a net saving um, depending on how you look at it. And, and I, I really don't have any problem with the contract itself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a lot better than being in a situation like Dallas. I, I think you just, as a, as a GM, as an owner, you, you don't mess around with your future franchise cornerstones. I mean, those are the guys you're trying to build your whole franchise on. A guy like Robo in Dallas, Jason Robertson, last year they were a one-line team. They're probably they're probably in the in the uh, top three of the lottery without without Robo in there. I mean, he, he's that line with him, Pavelski, and Rope Hintz literally carried that team all the way to the playoffs and almost got them out of the first round. It was that line, and now you're talking about oh, I don't want to pay him early. It just it just makes no sense to me. Would you rather throw that money at a veteran who's who's almost thirty years old and declining? No, you you want to pay your young guys early and you and and get the best years of their career. So I'm happy with with Zito prioritizing the the signing of our younger players. And you know, it, uh, my apologies to Dallas. That's a tough situation for you guys because <laughs> Robertson is a spectacular young player and he he deserves to get paid. Absolutely. And hey, uh, looks like that uh, Dallas might get also value in another signing, former Florida Panther uh, Mason Marchment, who I believe has three goals in the preseason right now mm-hmm. for the Stars. So, uh, so far, so good. And, and and for Mason Marchment getting his payday. Uh, so congratulations to him once again and that he's off to a good start. So also maybe 
if Jason Robertson moves on, hey, maybe I'm not saying Mason Marchman is going to be a 40 goal scorer by any stretch of the imagination, but hey, there's some of that production that um, that Dallas could possibly get back if he ends up being traded. That I the guys from Locked On Sabers were even speaking about a possible trade scenario for Jason Robertson. So, oh, it's a uh, it could get very very ugly in uh, Dallas. That's for sure. But Jacob, it's October. And we have yet to go over the Florida Panthers October schedule. So we're actually going to spend the third segment in our show. It's talking about the October schedule. Now that we are about a week away from the regular season, we're, we're going to go over not necessarily game by game, but the month as a whole for the Florida Panthers. So we're going to discuss that next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Third and final segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day on this Winans Wednesday edition of the show. Of course, on this Winans Wednesday, that means Jacob Winans is here to now discuss the Florida Panthers October schedule. So, now, and first of all, let's let's talk about some of the best sports months of the year for for just sports in general. March, April, and October are possibly the three best sports months when you talk about hockey and basketball starting, football being in the middle of their season, baseball postseason is about to start, even though, unfortunately, the the Miami Marlins are not going to make it. So, uh, but October, we're having, we're having all four sports being active. It's really only the only month that it happens in the calendar year, but man, we're 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 about a week away, Jacob. And uh how excited are you for opening night? Man, I cannot wait. Um honestly, like you said, October is probably my favorite month of the year when it comes to sports. Um it's it's just uh it's an atmosphere, especially when we're privileged enough to live in a an area like uh like Florida and be fans of the South Florida sports market. Um we've got everything we, we've got we've got high quality um hockey you've got football you've got um baseball uh, even though the marlin season is now winding down we've got um college football right around the corner down there in in, in the miami area uh, even though my miami hurricanes are not doing so great right now but um that's that's beside the point uh, i got basketball we've got everything so it's really exciting time when the weather changes a little bit and the temperature gets cooler and and hockey's around the corner that's that's my time of year so i'm i'm so pumped man we're we're right there just just a little over a week and and we're good to go curious to see as we're in october especially during football season how many teams will be complaining about the sun you know (laughs) when it when it comes to uh playing some games uh you know at buffalo bills (laughs) so let's see how many teams will be complaining at, at what in in october weather for for south florida here just had to take a little shot at a division rival but let's go over this october uh schedule jacob of course we've been really pinpointing two matchups for this florida panthers team all throughout the month of october of course we were talking we've been talking about opening night against the new york islanders at ubs arena and of course the home opener against the philadelphia flyers which two are the two of them are bookmark um have been bookmarked but let's talk about really the rest of the schedule um 
the you're, we're going to see the Boston Bruins on, on here on the on the 17th of October. And there's actually been news now that Taylor Hall is going to miss some time for the Boston Bruins. So adding more insult to injury with Grizzlick, Marshan, and McAvoy. So Boston's going to have a little bit of a hard time um, to start the season. A battle of Florida here. Uh, the the sec- Only the second home game of the season. New York Islanders twice. Uh, and two, two, two rebuilding teams in Phil- Philly. And Chicago, even though Philly might not end up in the top five uh, in the draft because I think their coach will not tolerate tanking. And, of course, the first battle of the Kachuk brothers in the division uh, between Brady and Matthew. That's a 4 p.m. start time on October 29th. So which one of these uh, matchups are you looking most forward to in the month of October? Yeah, so this schedule, it's it's pretty unique. And at first glance, you can look at it and say, hey, you know, the Panthers have some cupcakes on here. Uh, you get Chicago, you get Philly twice, uh, you get Buffalo. Um, Islanders weren't very weren't really that good last year. So everyone everyone can look at that and just be like, hey, we should we should have a pretty solid month. Uh, but below the surface, I, I think it, I don't think it's going to be that easy. Uh, I think the Islanders are going to be much improved this year. Uh, if we talk about the Isles last year, they really struggled uh, early in the season because they had to play something like almost 15 consecutive road games to start 13, the year. Exactly. 13, exactly. 13 consecutive road games uh, to start the year because they had no arena yet. They're going to be better this year. Um, Matthew Barzell just got paid today, got a huge contract. Um, I, I think I think the Islanders are going to be much improved. Um, so that, that first game is going to be tough. Uh, Buffalo, that that team can score. Uh, they've they've got some they've got some growth to to do, and they're they're not completely a finished product yet. They're still in the the rebuilding phase, but they can score. They've got some offensive weapons. That's gonna be a tough game. Uh, and if you look at that one, that's an afternoon game. So uh, we we know how the Panthers tend to perform in afternoon games. Sometimes they they're just not they don't have the legs. So we'll see. Um, Boston, this is probably the most depleted we're ever gonna see the Bruins. They've got they've got some key key players not playing. You have to capitalize in that game. That's a division game. Uh, you you got to win your division games, especially when the other team is injured. Um, and then and then we start some home games. So I'm really looking forward to Philly. Uh, Owen Tippett's return home should be cool. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but you know that's a team that that is rebuilding, even if they don't want to say they are. And and I think you have to you have to capitalize and jump on them. Uh, we know how Tampa is going to be. That's going to be a playoff atmosphere. Uh, the Islanders again. That's going to be a really a really good game. Um, uh, whichever team loses that opener is going to want revenge in that one. Uh, Chicago. That's the only game on the schedule uh, in in the month of October where I can say you know we I feel pretty comfortable we are going to win that one. <laughs> I, I don't. I, agree. I, I that's that's the one. And there there are no easy games in the NHL. But if there's anything close to an easy game, it's that Chicago game. Mm-hmm. Um, Philly's going to be a. a, a Again, that's a, a rebuilding team. I feel like we have enough talent to handle them, uh, even on a night where it's, it may not be their best their best game. You don't have to put your best performance forward to beat Philly. And then you get to Ottawa. And Ottawa is a team that I am really looking forward to seeing what they bring. Uh, Kachuk versus Kachuk. Ottawa's got Giroux now. Um, to bring it, that, that, that team really, really had a, had a A++ offseason. 
Um, they're without Cam Talbot in goal, but Forsberg is more than capable. And mm-hmm. I, that's, that's the game that, that I have circled for the month of October where we're going to find out pretty quickly is Ottawa, were they, were they just an off season winner or is that a team that's going to challenge for a playoff spot in our division this year? So if there's, if there's one game outside of our usual uh, chaos with Tampa that, that I'm really looking forward to seeing, it's that Ottawa game at the end of the month. I want to see what Ottawa brings. Yeah, and and Cam Talbot is going to be out five to seven weeks reportedly, and even Anton Forsberg last year, uh, nine seventeen save percentage, two eighty two uh, goals against average, pretty decent uh, for for a backup goaltender who could who could play uh, more than half a season playing forty six games. Honestly, Jacob, if there's um, if there's one trap game in this schedule, which is nine games total in the month of October. I'm going to go with the home opener against the Philadelphia Flyers because a lot of excitement for this team coming back from after a horrendous playoff. And of course you got, you got, you got the legs flowing in the first three games being out on the road and just looking forward to coming home. There, there could be, there could be a possibility that the Florida Panthers could undermine their opponent and then end up possibly dropping on. Of course, We've spoken about how Philly could be re- could be rebuilding and they could be in possible denial about it. You spoke about Owen Tippett's return. But if there's that one game on the schedule here, I think that home game against Philly is definitely that trap game. I could see that being a trap game. I, re- I really I really would not be shocked. Um, the thing about the thing about Philly is uh, Tortorella for better or worse. Uh, whether you want to, whether we want to consider him a good coach or a bad coach, if he's too old school, if he's not fit to win in this this generation of hockey, the one thing with Tortorella teams, uh, they they're gonna play hard. Uh, there, it's not gonna be easy against any Tortorella coach team. Um, he pushes his guys. Uh, some that's honestly he does it to a fault, but the the result is there. They 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 compete hard. That they they learn to grind. Uh, and Philly does have some offensive players who can score. You got guys like Konechny. You have guys like Owen Tippett, like we said. He, I feel like he's waiting on an offensive breakout. He should get the ice time now. Uh, Tony D'Angelo is on their blue line. That guy can score. Um, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see uh, Philly give us some trouble. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think in one of those Philly games, Owen Tippett's going to have a really big offensive output. He's going to score like two goals and an assist. <laughs> And he's gonna make us. He's gonna make us regret trading him just for that day. Um, he's he's gonna stick it to us one of those games. I, I just I feel like that's coming. Uh, I hope it doesn't happen in the home opener. Um, but you know, it's definitely possible. That's a, that's a real that's a real opponent if you're talking about trap games. Uh, Buffalo is another one that I think could be a trap game as well. Um, they they gave us some trouble uh, a couple times last year. I fell behind in a couple of those games and had to make comebacks late. Uh, guys like Tage twice. Thompson, twice, right? Tage Thompson, Rasmus Dahlin is a high high quality defender. Um, they, they've they've got some they've got some talent in Buffalo too. So I think that's going to be a, a a tough game as well. And um, yeah, I think I think looking at that, looking at the schedule, I think those two those two are the the games that I would consider some uh, dangerous sleeper teams that could give us some trouble for sure. But um, I got a question for you. Do you remember uh, last time the Panthers opened the season against Philly at home, the, the last home opener against the Flyers? I'm going to say 2013. 
incorrect. It was actually the uh, 2015-16 season where the Panthers went on to win the division. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they put up a touchdown on the Flyers in that one and kicked the extra point. Um, I, I remember that was Riley Smith having a breakout game. Uh, Yager, Huberto, Barkov had a fantastic night. Uh, Vinny Trocek, Riley Smith, and UC Jokinen. Uh, were electric on the second line, and Big Nick Bugstad got on the board too. So that was the last time the Panthers hosted the Flyers in a home opener, and and they put up a touchdown. So we'll <laughs> definitely be looking for a repeat of that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're uh, I, I, while while the feed did freeze, uh, I I I think there was actually a, an injury to one of the Flyers uh, forwards uh, that that uh, was reported last week. Uh, I'm I'm. Daily faceoff is actually freezing on me right now. Sean Couturier. Yeah, Sean Couturier. So their first line center. So he's going to be out for a little bit. Um, so that could be that could smell a little bit of trouble for Philly uh, to start to start the season for them. So, but at the same time, it doesn't change the fact that it could be a trap game definitely for for the Panthers as uh, John Torella teams like you explain uh, are. Grinded out teams. I mean, ask Marty St. Louis, ask Vincent LeCavalier when they played for him in uh, 2004 with Tampa Bay. So even though we spoke about more of this generation of hockey, um, there th- 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 those players, uh, of course, they 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 found they found a way to win with him. So he he has the resume, that's for sure. But uh, Jacob, even though we had a little bit of connection issues towards the end of this show. Uh, I, I want to thank you once again for uh, jumping on on this once again Widens Wednesday edition of the show. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you and your work. Yeah, you guys can find me online uh, on Twitter at Jacob Winans Eight. Uh, I will definitely be active there as we get going throughout the season here on uh, the next couple of weeks. So you can follow me there. And thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. And I'll see you next week where we'll be one day away from opening night for the Panthers. So looking forward to it that's for sure yes sir i cannot wait and if you like what you're hearing please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every time the locked on florida panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed make sure to subscribe to locked on fantasy hockey with flip livingstone and steel road and we'll be covering all the preseason activities around the national hockey league thank you for making the locked on florida panthers podcast your first listen of the day and for your second listen of the day Make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast every Monday through Friday. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Sarmar Mondovalez with Jacob Winans. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day.